0: The philosopher Marshall McLuhan said, there are no passengers on spaceship Earth, we're all crew. Welcome to the Soul Podcast, I'm Stacy Wheeler. I ended season two with an episode about William Shatner and his brief trip into space. It's episode 15, the overview effect. In it, I spoke about a cognitive shift that happens when we see Earth from space. This has happened to many astronauts and it happened to Shatner. Some time has passed since his flight and in that time Shatner wrote a book and spoke about the experience. So I wanted to take a minute to share more of Shatner's reflections about that day. The book is called Boldly Go, Reflections of a Life of Awe and Wonder. If you want to check it out, you'll find a link in the show notes. If you decide to buy it, please use that link. You'll get the book at the normal price, but a portion of your purchase will support the show. If you saw the documentary about William Shatner's space flight or heard the episode, you know that Shatner was deeply moved by the experience. He was brought to tears by it. In the book, he explains in detail what that emotion was. The following is from the book. It's a long quote, but hang with me. Really, it's a gift for all of us that he brought back from his voyage. Last year, I had a life-changing experience at 90 years old. I went into space. After decades of playing an iconic science fiction character who was exploring the universe, I thought I would experience a deep connection with the immensity around us, a deep call for endless exploration. I was absolutely wrong. The strongest feeling that dominated everything else by far was the deepest grief I had ever experienced. I understood in the clearest possible way that we were living on a tiny oasis of life, surrounded by an immensity of death. I didn't see infinite possibilities or worlds to explore of adventures to have or living creatures to connect with, I saw the deepest darkness I could have ever imagined contrasting so starkly with the welcoming warmth of our nurturing home planet. This was an immensely powerful awakening for me. It filled me with sadness. I realized that we had spent decades, if not centuries, being obsessed with looking away, with looking outside. I did my share of popularizing the idea that space was the final frontier, but I had to go to space to understand that Earth is, and will, stay, our only home, and we've been ravaging it relentlessly, making it uninhabitable. There's something that happens when we're on a spiritual journey. We become more in touch with nature. For some, it may be for the first time. For others, like me, it's a strengthening of the love we have for the natural world, the outdoors, the earth. Shatna's experience was a spiritual one, Like so many others who experienced the Overview Effect when they were in space, Shatner recognized that Earth is a fragile lifeboat in the vastness of space. He felt an undeniable draw back to Earth, an instinctual draw towards home. And the experience changed him. It gave him a newfound love of home like he'd never felt. When looking into the darkness of space, he understood at the deepest parts of himself that Earth is home. Earth is fragile and Earth must be protected from the very people Earth granted life to. We are born to our mothers whose job it is to care for us, and we are also born of Earth, who also provides for us. We are biological entities who have evolved to thrive here. And we alone have the ability to protect the Earth, not just to protect, but to preserve for future generations. But so often we don't. There's a place in the woods far off a single lane highway in the sierra range of central California where me and my dog Skittles love to camp. I hang my hammock on a ridge overlooking a valley above a place called Malakoff Diggins. Today it's a state preserve, but looking off down into the valley, I can still see the scars that remain from hydraulic mining that happened there in the 1800s. For nearly 30 years, a company called North Bloomfield Mining worked the area using giant hydraulic cannons to wash sections of the hillside down. Mercury was used to extract gold from the heavy sediments collected. In nearly three decades of hydraulic mining, there had been about 41 million cubic yards of gravel and dirt removed from the hillsides and washed downstream. A lawsuit was filed in 1882 by a farmer who was stunned by the effects he was witnessing. Far downstream, the sand and gravel debris clogged the riverways, raising the water as much as 15 feet above the normal banks. Crops were destroyed. Farms were ruined. The rising water also kept steamboats from being able to operate on portions of the river, bringing commerce to a standstill. The North Bloomfield Mining Company ignored pleas for them to stop. It took a judge's ruling to finally stop the mining and destruction downstream. After several more years of ignoring the ruling, North Bloomfield was hit with multiple fines and finally stopped. They ceased operations in the 1890s. They left behind a mining pit, 6,900 feet long, 3,900 feet wide, 600 feet deep with entire ridge lines torn down more than 150 years have passed since it opened what's left are scars on the hillside and mercury in the soil the methods they used were the quickest and cheapest to get to the gold greed was the driving force greed destroyed lives downstream corporations haven't changed greed is still a driving force so frequently we allow profit to win out against logic As corporations strip away natural resources and leave the earth damaged, we learn the lesson in one location, then do it again somewhere else. Years may pass and the scars remain. We have many opportunities every day to tell corporations to make wise choices. Instead, we usually choose profit or cheap products over protecting the earth. There are simple answers to this problem, but no easy solution. They all require effort. Simple, but not easy. It's simple to say, let's be smarter, but it's not easy to force smart behavior when profit is involved and where greed gets involved. We often hear that we're destroying the earth. That's a soft lie. We can't destroy the earth. We can only destroy our ability to live on the earth. As Shatner said, we have been ravaging it relentlessly, making it uninhabitable. That's the truth of it. To say we're destroying the earth is not accurate. To say we are destroying our ability to live here, is. After we're gone, the Earth will recover, with or without us. Shatner said it like this, Every day we are confronted with the knowledge of further destruction of Earth at our hands, the extinction of animal species, of flora, of fauna, things that took 5 billion years to evolve and suddenly we will never see them again because of the interference of mankind. It filled me with dread. Do I have the answer? No, but I know awareness is the first step. Ask any person if they destroy the house they live in for profit. Of course not, unless they are sure they would have another home to inhabit when they were done burning that one down. But somehow we regard the earth differently. It's easy to assume she can take all we can ask of her, and she'll still give back what we need. But we don't know where that line is, that line where she is too far gone to provide for us anymore and Shatner points out that we've destroyed many life forms both plant and animal which we'll never get back it's possible we're approaching a point of no return we won't know except in looking back and the primary reason we're not changing greed primarily corporate greed it's easy to ignore the danger we keep assuming the best in spite of the evidence optimism is generally a good trait perhaps not in this case You can't see red flags through rose-colored glasses. Wisdom happens through the passage of time, and time is another resource we take for granted. Solutions? Answers? I'll leave it to the individuals how to make corporations change the way they make money and how we individually choose to care for the planet, how we individually choose to preserve her for future generations. As long as there's money to be made, greed will be a powerful and destructive force. My hope is that the spiritual awakening happening today will be the turning point. When enough of us care, things will start to change. All we can do is our small part as individuals. Changes are made one person at a time. When enough people care, the change will be forced. For now, I'll keep picking up and tossing out trash on my daily walks. Though I know I'm treating the symptom, not the cause. I'll consider the companies I give my business to. I will do what I can as an individual. And I'll remember the words of Gandhi, the change you want to see in the world while I love and appreciate this wonderful home we call Earth. We've been conditioned by the idea that we should all want to get rich, that money somehow equals success. But it seems that to understand the greatest truth, to understand the true beauty of our existence here, all we must do is view Earth from space and we're initiated into a new reality. What we thought we understood falls as we're stripped of our assumptions and exposed to the full truth of our situation. Maybe the billionaires who are creating space flight companies as a solution. After all, it's only the wealthiest of us who can afford to go on a space flight. When CEOs, politicians, and the most powerful among us see the world as Shatner has, maybe then we'll see a shift as they too are hit with the overview effect. Maybe then things will start to change. It's an equation of sorts, isn't it? How many CEOs do we have to launch into space to turn the tide of destruction? Maybe we could spend billions launching influencers into space instead of spending billions on wars. That might be the best use of our money. To change the way we think is to change the way we act. This is a vital first step. Albert Einstein said, The world as we have created it is a process of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thinking. Picture yourself floating above Earth. We see we're on a fragile ball floating in space. We're all brothers and sisters. Now we see it. We're all thriving on this beautiful orb. And Earth is a tiny oasis in a vast empty sea. And then we fully understand it is nothing less than a miracle that we exist at all. And we see there are no passengers on spaceship Earth. We're all crew. And as crew, we ask ourselves, what is my duty to earth? Thank you for listening to this Soul podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, learned something new, or were just entertained, please tell your friends about the show. This is the best way for people to find the show. Check the show notes for links to supporting information, as well as any books or other reading material related to this episode.